Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glasser coming right back at you here for the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks so much for watching and listening. It is Xbox we're talking about after the debacle of last week known as Redfall, which came out to horrific reviews, glitches everywhere. Many people just turning it off entirely because the game just is playing right there. I'll just say it right now. is not very much fun for most of the, the gamers that are out there. It's been a PR nightmare and disaster after another for Xbox. Not only do they have the issues with Redfall and it's you know the AAA game that we thought it was going to be, unfortunately becoming a disaster. Plus also as well, the impending thoughts on the maybe a final decision coming up in the near future after the initial bad news out of the UK on the acquisition proposed by Microsoft of, of Activision, which may or may now, which is looking right now, not very good for Xbox. But we'll wait and see. Nothing is definitive yet, but right now it hasn't taken a good turn as we've talked about on the show. But here today to say all is not lost for Xbox out there. Unfortunately for me, it's it's looking harder and harder, but we'll see what happens. It is a good man indeed. He returns to us once again. He is on the road as we speak. My good friend indeed, it is TJ Johnson. And TJ, glad to have you back, my friend, on the road trying to defend Xbox once again. <laughs> Gerald, as always, it's a pleasure. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Um, looking forward to a, a great debate or just conversation, just conversation oh, okay. about the state of Xbox. Yeah, that's true. That's true, my friend. I will say this. You know me. I have defended Xbox for years now. I said the yes. Xbox One S was the best value yes. in gaming the time it came out and thought it was just a, just incredible Thing that was given to gamers and and not enough people took advantage of it then the xbox series came out xbox series x very powerful unit the most powerful gaming console that's out there even more so than the playstation 5 both are, are tremendous don't get me wrong but both are able to go ahead and produce high quality games both have had very little problems as far as uh on any type of scale so both are are really doing well as far as as far as from a mechanical point of view PlayStation 5 has obviously taken a hold of the sales market, and Xbox has not been able to find its niche as of yet. Based off the gaming prowess of a lot of uh, games that have come out for the PlayStation 5 that have really uh, hit pretty good with, with the marketplace, Xbox has not been that fortunate. And then you have the issues again with Redfall which is, for me, really hard to see because I, I, I enjoy Xbox so much, uh, and I've called Xbox Games Pass currently the best value in gaming. I still think the Xbox Series S, uh, you know, it takes a lot from the Xbox One S and is also a great value in and of itself. I, I don't say this with, a, with, a, with you know, glee or any joy, but Xbox is going to bad bumps in the road, my friend, and it really is time to be concerned if you're an Xbox fan. Well, you're not wrong in any of those. I want to start off by saying that nothing that you said was incorrect factually or from a, uh, a, a, a standpoint of just looking at the, the PR nightmare that has been the Xbox brand. Um, that's not incorrect. Here's why I will say our our thoughts differ. I you have been a very staunch Xbox supporter, absolutely, but you have much more leaned heavily on the console, as you've already alluded to, with the the great value in the Xbox One S, the Xbox Series S, continuing that same trend, uh, the Series S and X both being great consoles, X being the most powerful console on the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know all the we know all the specs. We have to get into that. I, on the other hand have been very firm in saying, and I stand by this, is that Xbox has been more consoled, more concerned with their ecosystem as opposed to console sales. And what I mean by that is having the Xbox brand represented in every household. I have made my point very clear that Xbox has been on that, and I think that this further proves the fact, especially Phil Spencer's comments over the last week, exactly what I've been saying for the last six months to a year. They're not worried about console sales. And when I say not worried, they want console sales and they're not going to stop catering to the console players. But it's about the ecosystem. There's no way after losing the Xbox One generation, 
and let's just be abundantly clear. After losing that generation, there is zero way Xbox is ever going to take over a dominant place in the console marketplace. It's just not going to happen. It's it's too far gone. The the the, the PlayStation system has, has sold too many systems, first and foremost. The name is too recognizable. There's just no getting around that. Then you couple that with Nintendo and how untouchable they seem like they're able to be at this point. There's no getting around it. They are definitively in third place and will definitively be in third place for the foreseeable future. I don't see them making it out of this generation or not possibly even the next generation out of third place. Losing that Xbox One generation was absolutely a death knell to their console sales. And Phil Spencer essentially said just that. He essentially said that there's no way we're going to outtake anybody in console sales. The fact that we started moving to a digital library during that generation, and that was a generation that the Xbox lost, was absolutely a gut punch. And Phil admitted to that, which is all Phil did. All Phil did was admit to the fact that that was the worst generation to lose. And because of losing that generation, now PlayStation has even more momentum than they had previously because you've got all those people who have already committed to PlayStation and their ecosystem and their digital library content and continuing that process into the next generation and the generation after that. So, of course, that's the one generation you did not want to lose this transition to digital sales. Now, in losing that transition to digital sales with that last generation or with those two generations ago, whatever, I forget at this point, it's now going to become even more imperative. Excuse me. It's going to become even more imperative that as a brand, Xbox continues to show what value that they have to the gaming community by introducing and continuing this Game Pass um, and showing that even if you don't have a console to play Xbox on, Xbox is the best brand to play games on, period. And that's by demonstrating more than just having console sales, software sales, ecosystem, uh, having the ability to play it anywhere. These are all things that lean into Microsoft being the game system of choice for gamers everywhere anytime all the time and that's where xbox's primary focus needs to continue to remain now it doesn't change the fact that they need to figure out these console sales and they need to figure out this game development system that they have obviously we know redfall was already in development pre-acquisition and we don't know how far in development it was prior to xbox finally getting their hands on it and being able to do whatever it is they need to do with it um starfield being one of those titles that are that are coming up big for the Xbox, and everybody knows it's a huge Xbox title. And obviously, Skyrim Six, whenever it does release, so on and so forth. These games are going to be built for the ground up for Xbox. And I think the 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 beautiful thing about that is they'll be able to truly take advantage of the Xbox system. But the bad part about that is they're going to be heavily heavily scrutinized, more so than any games for any other console this generation, more than any PlayStation game more than any Nintendo game. They're going to be heavily scrutinized. So, because of that, you've got everyone taking extra time and being extra, extra cautious with the information that's getting out there in regards to, is Starfield going to be 30 frames per second? Is it going to be 60 frames per second? Is it going to be you know, procedurally generated? Whatever the case may be, there's so much information that we still don't know about Starfield, and this is supposed to be a, a, a console seller, not an overseller, but a console seller for for Xbox, and there's still a lot of information that we don't know, and because it's becoming very, very late into the cycle, and because of the uh, recent struggles of Redfall, which is not a terrible game by any stretch of the imagination, but that, that's neither here nor there, people are concerned, and people are rightfully concerned. What I will say is that I do believe that Xbox understands the position that they're in, at least according to Phil Spencer, and that they understand the concern that people are having, and that they're going to respond. What I will concede, uh, for lack of a better word, is that Phil Spencer, if he hasn't been on a hot seat before, the seat's getting awful warm now. Uh, it's to the point where you know he was a darling of the last generation by understanding where Xbox made their mistakes and admitting to it and starting this whole PR campaign on how Xbox can be better. So he was a darling to the gaming community at some point and then ushering in the game pass. This is all under Phil Spencer's leadership. So I get that. But sometimes we as Xbox, and I say we like I'm an Xbox person solely, but Xbox community members, players, want to see some fight. They want to see Xbox say, you know what, these games are going to be 
console exclusive. They want to go out there and see Xbox get these exclusive contracts the way that PlayStation does. They want to see fights. And I can understand when Phil Spencer admitted to being last in the console wars and and kind of not admitting defeat, but admitting their position and understanding their position, where a lot of people will hear that, and that's not what they want to hear as an Xbox consumer. They want to hear fight. They want to hear acquisitions. They want to hear uh, what, what they're going to bring to the table. I think what Phil Spencer did was, was take a very honest and open approach to it. And kudos to him. That's been his PR. That's been his his shtick since he's gotten in the position. He's always been open and honest and kind of upfront about where they are. But it doesn't change the fact that some people in the Xbox community don't want to hear it. They want to hear the fight. They want to hear, we just paid uh, $75 million to have a game be exclusive to Game Pass for six months or or whatever the case may be, uh, to show that Xbox is not just rolling over and playing dead. Now, I think the release of Starfield, I think the release of ultimately Skyrim 6 and so on and so forth are going to be able to be the, the games that really prove the Xbox brand. But Xbox isn't dead yet, not by a long shot. And 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 the name of their game is no longer console sales. It hasn't been for a while. It's now ecosystem, putting the Xbox brand in every home and every TV and every uh, on every Wi-Fi device, on every cell phone. Is getting the brand of Xbox out there for everyone to be able to enjoy, regardless of where you are, regardless of what time it is, and regardless of how you typically play games, they want you to be able to say, hey, you might play games on a PlayStation, but Xbox Game Pass is here for you, too. Well, the thing I ask you is maybe that change, uh, there, there should be a change in thinking, I think, if that's the case, because what has not worked for them so far, especially trying to get the Xbox Games Pass over to a larger audience, has not worked so far. It's only worked to an extent where I think they got what between twenty and thirty million subscribers, which you know I, I think that that's nice to start off with, but they need to elevate that to an even higher plane. And I think maybe if they go ahead and remind everybody that they have a serious console, but can support it with AAA games first party games of their own that i think will help reignite people's interest in it but a lot like you said it, you know it relies on starfield and if starfield can actually become that triple a game that people will be talking about for the near and long term that's the thing starfield has to be that game now more than ever absolutely and, and as i said earlier it does put an immense amount of pressure on, on bethesda to deliver uh with starfield with skyrim and I think that's in a, it's for better or for worse, it is what it is. Because of that pressure, though, that's why everything is so tight-lipped. We don't know much about the gameplay. I know we have the big showcase coming up on the, I want to say June, like yes. 19th or 6th or uh, sometime. Mid-June. Mid yeah, sometime mid-June. I know we've got the big uh, showcase coming up there where they'll be able to kind of really display what it is. And they need to have a really good turnout for that because it's imperative that we know what we're getting our hands on. We do not, <clears throat> excuse me, I repeat, we do not want another No Man's Sky situation uh, where the game has promised to be this open world game changer of the game and where ultimately it ended up being pretty good well see that's the thing though but the thing is there. yeah what would probably what it what was not said in that initial introduction of no man's sky was the yeah. words five years later yes absolutely absolutely and that's the problem that that game ran into so that's what we cannot I keep saying we that's what xbox cannot replicate moving forward xbox cannot make those same mistakes that no man's sky did in regards to what consumers are expecting from release versus what consumers actually get from release. And I think Phil Spencer is the one to kind of usher that in where he, he's been open and honest thus far. So I think he's the one that really gets to that. that this is going to boil down to as far as being upwards and honest about where the game is and what the game is going to be able to uh, deliver. And they've been pretty consistent saying that this is a game changer. Uh, a lot of, talk out of their camp has said the same thing but ultimately it's going to be up to the consumers us to be able to tell how much of a game changer this really is uh, i think the recent black eye with the acquisition or the lack of acquisition through uh through the uk saying that no we don't like this acquisition which if you go and look at the reports and go and look at what the things that were said it's it's really disheartening that they would actually say no to that 
and for their rationale on these reports, to why they said no to it. Um, it, it, it's, it smells of conspiracy, but I, I don't want to be that guy, at least not right this moment. Uh, maybe in a different episode, I'll be that guy, but right this moment, I won't. With that black eye being so fresh and so recent, Xbox really, really desperately needs a win. And I think Starfield is in a, in a, a very unique position to where people are so thirsty for a win that it's going to help elevate however good that game is. But whatever is bad about that game is going to be criticized very poorly, very, very much, uh, very strongly by non-Xbox players, uh, PlayStation gamers, Nintendo gamers, people that can't really get with Xbox being a good brand. Um, mm-hmm. So they've got to, they really have to dot their eyes across their T's. And I think Bethesda understands that. I think Phil Spencer understands that. And, and they're going to take the necessary steps to protect that game, protect that brand, and uh, ensure that they deliver the best possible outcome for uh, its, its consumers. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I'm hoping for better times for Xbox and Phil Spencer. That's the last thing I want to talk about because Phil Spencer, again, you told me as the head of Xbox and, and that his uh, you know, time is definitely on the hot seat now after receiving so much love and, and affection from the gaming community for years now and the gaming community being patient because they thought they, he is one of their own and just him telling you to be patient, to be patient, to be patient. By the way, please be patient. I understand not all of it's, you know, I, I had a conversation so, with someone just before we went on air in regards to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, uh, you know, I understand not all of it's their fault on why the Marvel Cinematic Universe is in the state that it's in right now. Obviously, some of it's COVID, some of it's issues with, with just the way that, that things were going at that point in time in the world in the you know, earlier part of this decade. I get that. And people are just starting and companies are just starting to catch up to where they once were before 2020. But the thing is, though, at some point, you also have to realize what uh, mistakes were made outside of what COVID can actually be blamed for. You can't throw a blanket over just COVID and just say it's all COVID's fault. You have to go ahead and say some of it's their miscalculations as well. Redfall in the state that it's in continually, see, you know, even after a lengthy delay of almost a year, still came out in such a haphazard and such a poor condition. I think that that's all on Xbox. You cannot know, you can no longer blame COVID for it. You have to go, if you think this game is, you know, and they do it, they have test reviewers. They, it's not like they know that this game wasn't going to come out with poor reception. You have individuals that you have working for you for the development studio that do mock reviews that can tell you how good or bad a game is. Most of them worked in the industry at some point in time. So they give you a heads up on, on what the review scores are like. And if you are a Phil Spencer and you knew this thing was going to be a dud right out of the box, I would have pulled the plug on it or delayed it a, a, even a year before this comes out. So these are just some of the mistakes that they made. The fact that last year really didn't have too much to speak on as far as Xbox exclusives. You know, I think uh, the fact that also that they have not promoted the Xbox series itself to the point where they needed to go ahead and make it the preeminent system in the world of gaming. I think that's a misstep on their own. But again, with all the stuff that's going on, I don't know much how much more, I do not know how much more goodwill Phil Spencer has left. Well, I don't want to blame things on COVID too. Uh, I, I think we I mean, to you can past. to an extent, but here, here, here's what I'm saying. When did, when was the acquisition between Bethesda and Microsoft completed? It hasn't been completed yet. I'm sorry. Uh, Bethesda? Yeah. Oh, it, Bethesda was 21. Yeah, that was 21. That was 2021, Gerald. We're in 2023. It hasn't been that long. Game development cycles typically last how long? Four, four to, years, four to, five four years. years. If yeah, it's a to, Final Fantasy 30? Yeah, then it's going to be 20 years, right? But yeah. <laughs> but but a typical game is four to six years in development cycles. Right? If Dead Island 2, it was 10. Oh, uh, we don't even want to talk about or cyberpunk, right? We won't talk about yeah. those. Yes. Here's the point. Microsoft finally got the acquisition in 2021. 
It's 2023. It's been two years. Game development cycles were already well into this, well into their development prior to this acquisition. Yeah, Starfield was something that was probably thought of and, and initially developed back in 2016 or 2017. Yeah, possibly, possibly. But you look at something like Redfall, I, my point is, these things take time. And with that acquisition still being relatively fresh, yes, they could have said, we're going to delay it, we're going to delay it, we're going to delay it. But how much longer can it, you polish a turd that wasn't designed for that system? It wasn't designed to take advantage of the Xbox and its capabilities. At some point, you've got to almost say, you got to cut our losses and realign, almost like we were talking about, you and I were talking about with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, and, and possibly looking at having to cut some movies. And I said, Blade should be on the chopping block. You've got to learn where to cut your losses and refocus and, 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 and realign your, your, your focus. And I think Redfall was one of those games where they got it polished to a state where, okay, this is playable. And again, I, I know I said it earlier, the game is actually fun to play. It's not a bad game to play in any stretch of the imagination. Is it perfect? No, not by any stretch. And that's, I think that's been the Xbox brand, and that's why, that's why people are so frustrated. Are the games fun to play? Sure, they're fun to play, but they're not perfect, and they should be, and that's what everybody's frustration is. But the truth of the matter is, if you got, this, if you got the acquisitions officially on, the 20, on, the, on 2021, and it's now 2023 and that game was released, that means you were on the back half to the last third of that cycle being completed prior to you in this acquisition. So you did not have a lot of time for uh, transitioning and making sure that it's it's perfect for the system that you're now releasing it for. You didn't have a ton of time for that. So I, I get the frustration. I get the 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 idea that they should be doing better. I understand that. I completely completely get it. But it doesn't change the fact that it has not been that long and that they have not had that much time with this recent acquisition yet. I know Phil Spencer keeps preaching patience. I get it. And I know how frustrating it is to hear as a gamer. I get that too. But these things do take time. And turning a brand around does take time. And I, it cannot be understated how much of a blow it was to lose that Xbox One PlayStation 4 generation. Um, it really, 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 really hurt. Well, but, it, you know, this has been going on for seemingly since since that infamous e3 of what 2013 2014 yeah, right when when you know the heads always of on, Sony, yeah always on uh you know must have always xbox connected. connect yeah always yeah. connected uh which yeah, also ruined the connect which also yep. ruined the connect which would have been actually a, a great continuous system a lot of people actually liked it and unfortunately, when you've tried to force feed it on up, that's when people, you know, recoiled against it. But also the sharing and the DRM, you know, the second those two heads of Sony gave the disc to each other, and this is how, how you share games on yeah. the PlayStation 4. Yeah, that was all the that that's what it, that's what ended that war, that ended that battle at that point in time. But that's 10 years ago. Uh -huh. Ten years that uh -huh. Xbox has had a chance to, you know, they've been constantly falling behind. There's only so much more falling behind. I think Microsoft, the heads of Microsoft, which is not Xbox, the heads of Microsoft will stand no longer. You know what? You might be right. You might be right on that, Gerald. I, I'm not one to say that you're wrong. What I will say is that Microsoft understands that it's a long game. Uh, Microsoft didn't get to the position that Microsoft is in by, by playing a short game. And they understand that this is not an easy... Uh, this is not an easy, whatever you would say, uh, a, a battle. This is not going to be an easy battle. It's not going to be easy. It's, it's, it's an uphill battle. Um, but Microsoft understands what that process looks like. They don't get to be in the position that they are without understanding that process. And I'm sure at some point there, there may be consideration on saying, okay, well, maybe the Xbox brand as a console um, may not be something that they want to continue to to put money into. And you know, if that's the case, then then so be it. You know, understanding that it has to survive on besides just the console sales. It's something that Sega had to do, something that uh, uh, it, it's not ideal, but it, it, it does happen. So is that a conversation that I'm sure that they have to have? At some point, yes. I think it's way too soon to pull that plug now. The Xbox brand is still pretty young. I mean, they came out in, what, 2001, 2002? So we're still, they, they might be just legally able to drink now. I haven't been out as long as... 
21, 22, 23 yeah, years at this point. You could tell me that, but then again, how many other console manufacturers have stayed in business? Sega, they've already been out by now. You know, then you talk about some of the others that have come and gone from Panasonic to Engage to, you know, the list goes on and on. I mean, we even had Amazon, uh, you know, as a developer, tried to give it a try, and, and they've pretty much flatlined. Google tried to become a console maker with its own, you know, obviously cloud gaming system that actually fell flat. So, right. I mean, Xbox has been around for quite a while, my friend. That blow that they took at Xbox for Xbox One cannot be understated. That was a huge shot. As you mentioned, there's nothing else that I remember about that E3. But Sony getting up there and saying, this is how you game share. And you pass a disc from one person to the next. That was by far, it was body blow after body blow that Xbox has not been able to get up from. And when you realize how hard of a hit that really was and the ramifications that that E3 show had for the Xbox brand and, and what Xbox ultimately did to itself and what Phil Spencer's trying to dig out of, it can't be understated how difficult of a position he's in. It really can't. And it, it, it does not bode well for Xbox, and I understand how the community feels, but he came in and took on a job that by no means is he supposed to be successful in because it, it just he just was not set up for success. It's like giving somebody a, a, a rigged deck of cards and asking how come they can't win. He well, was again, not set up for success at all. I think that the mixed messaging, by the way, the Dreamcast is three years. Uh, again, gotcha. the mixed messaging, the fact that they have not blasted this out there with this generation, the previous generation, how good of value the Xbox is compared with speaking to even the Nintendo Switch itself has been a key point in why I think that the Xbox has underachieved, uh, you know, at least in this past decade. So we'll see. I mean, again, I'm holding out hope. I mean, we're going to probably get a lot of great announcements now. It's things that they probably weren't going to go ahead and showcase off or even announce, they're probably going to have to announce here upcoming next month. So I they're probably going to have... I'd be uh, careful with that too. Well, I, I think they're going to have to. I think they have to go ahead and do everything they can to uh, reignite the faith of the fans out there. That's my personal opinion. I think that yeah. they have to go ahead and and do everything they can to reignite uh, the the individuals that are out there that that have stood by Xbox for so long now. They have to reignite their their belief that Xbox is going to do something good for them sometime soon. We will see. I, I think that they need to be very cautious about what they release, especially if it is not ready. Um, I think I know for me as a gamer, one of the things that frustrates me the most is when they're talking about these games that are still seven, eight years out, six years out, five years out. Uh, you know, as we mentioned, I think a, a couple of shows ago, or a few shows prior, you know, I'm, I'm almost 40. By the time some of these games come out that they're going to be announcing, I'm going to be mid 40s mid 40s for some of these games that's that's a long time to ask people to keep waiting so i don't want them to be putting on information that they are not really really focused on delivering and delivering in a very timely manner because we, we, we've done that before i won't even comment how old i'd be when down, <laughs> so we won't go there but once again it's my good friend tj johnson tj and i i know you got to go ahead into work my friend I, I'm, I'm so glad that you and i this early in the morning two o'clock my time five o'clock or four o'clock yours. <laughs> right. Hopefully uh, things are, are going to be a good day for you and uh, out there. And hopefully uh, you will have an excellent day, my friend. Hopefully we will have good news to report on Xbox. I want the Xbox to succeed just as much as you do, just yes. like I want the PlayStation and Nintendo to succeed. Absolutely. And, and I don't think they'll have an issue, especially Nintendo with Zelda coming out here in a matter of days. So I don't think that'll be a problem for them. PlayStation, of course, they, they're riding high right now off their sales. So definitely looking forward to seeing what Xbox can do to rebound in this market once again. Absolutely, G. Thanks for having me on, brother. It's always a good time we get to talk Xbox. Always, my friend. Let's not even go to Marvel right now. Come on. That's another <laughs> argument altogether. Uh, all together. Uh, all together, indeed. But it is my good friend, TJ Johnson. Always glad to have him here right away, anytime, day or night, late night or early morning. <laughs> Whatever way you want to slice it, right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.
Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. And we're back with the program. It's Gerald Glasser. Come right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks so much for watching us. Sing. I had a great conversation with TJ Johnson on what's going on with Xbox, but I cannot have an extended conversation on what's going on with Xbox, the future, and basically everything that's going on right now with all their struggles without a man who's here, who's been part of this show for Oh, what my gosh i was gonna say six years it's seven years almost going on now my gosh yep he returns to us indeed for now he's still on a hiatus he's still on a baby hiatus but i'm gonna go i had to pull him away to talk xbox with all this news going on good man indeed it is of course my good friend josh the great himself josh peterson and my friend Great to have you back, even if only in a limited fashion to talk Xbox. I'm getting all teary in the sky. <laughs> you got to entice the viewers back. You know, you got to tease my return a little bit. And then after a certain amount of time passes, then come back so they know that they have to keep listening to get more of this lovely honey voice of mine. The sexy radio voice is back. Yeah. Also, like, if Phil Spencer is calling you during the show, like I know that was him on the phone just now, you can you yes. can answer it. It's fine. I mean, I'm no, 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 no. You're much more important right now than Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer is persona non grata when it comes to Xbox fans until he hopefully redeems himself on the Xbox showcase coming up in June. But he is part of the issue right now because Xbox has had probably as I don't know in the history of Xbox, Xbox has had some highs and lows, but. In the past 10 days, I think this is about as bad as Xbox's luck has, and or at, well, some of it's because of their own doing, but this is about as bad for Xbox as has gotten in the past 10 days. Yeah, so when I first saw those comments that he made, I don't, like, I know it was weird. I couldn't tell if he was, like, conceding the console race or if he's just saying, like, hey, yeah, you know what the people in the media are saying is true. Like, I'm conceding to that that point but because you know redfall it was a broken game it was a misstep in uh you know what could have been a big opportunity for xbox that was supposed to be like their what do you call it, like their flagship 2023 game and uh it came out and it was busted up and i know he's saying like hey yeah we could have done a better job of putting resources into this that we you know we didn't and or we could have like kept a better eye on what they were creating but Apparently, they had been, uh, it was Arcane, right, that made that? Yes, Arcane out of Texas. Yeah, so they had been working on that game since before Xbox purchased them. So yes. Should you know, have been like, easier, considering they only needed now to do it, put it on two platforms, on PC and Xbox. Right, but there was, I mean, I guess, like, not to make excuses for Xbox, but there wasn't, like, that level of quality control from its inception, you know? Mm-hmm. So I guess like it maybe it was hard to keep track of what they were doing in that aspect, but you know they should have had people test the game and and you know just check it out, have have not critics, what do you call them, like game testers or whatever, come out and play this game before putting it out. But I think Microsoft got to the point where they were so desperate to put really anything out that this is this was you know the byproduct of that. And then, like you said, with his comments on kind of funny that he, you know, it, depending on the way you want to interpret it, it seemed to me like a concession, which, you know, as both gaming fans, Xbox fans, but you as probably our biggest Xbox fan, although TJ does give you a run for your money on that one. And I've always said Xbox has provided some of the best values for consumers, uh, you know, in gaming for the past 10 years. Yeah. Some of its options for both the Xbox One and now the Xbox series and with the Game Pass. I think that I am very disheartened and very discouraged by what he has to say in regards to that, just giving up the the race, you know, that's the way I interpret it. He's, he's conceding on that level. I mean, he's saying, oh yeah, I want Xbox Game Pass on every single form uh, of electronics that's out there, but I'm yeah. conceding the, the console race, which to me is is just 
words I would never say out of my mouth if I was actually in his position. Yeah, I don't think that he really planned what he was going to say there. I think it kind of just came out of his mouth. You know, he's probably bummed because that was literally like on the heels of Redfall coming out. I think it was like two two or three days later. Yes. Um. So I don't I don't think there was a lot of like rehearsal, like how am I going to handle this? We and not to mention a decision on Activision as well. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's that was two big hits and they still don't know what's going on with that. Um, You know, them fighting that. But, you know, also not to make it again, not to make excuses, but like I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure when you're on a show like kind of funny because they are like the world's biggest like PlayStation fanboys on that network. So it's it's hard, you know, you want to like you don't want to sit like sit there and like defend, not defend, but like sit there and like, you know, complain about, oh, hey, you're wrong, you know, stuff like that. So I think he was he was very humble. He, Phil Spence was very humble, very truthful. And, um, you know, I think that with uh, Starfield coming out and with the holidays, I think there's still an opportunity to turn the ship around. But uh, that being said, I actually have bought more places. I've purchased one Xbox game this entire year. You know, like I've played a couple things on Games Pass. Like I played, sat down, spent some, spent some time with like Wo Long Fallen Dynasty and um, uh, Atomic Heart. But like, I have mostly just been playing my PlayStation. Like, yeah, Xbox doesn't hasn't really had anything that's made me want to sit down and devote any time to it this past year. And that may be part of the problem, why they've get, gotten themselves in the position that they're in. And of course, you know, you could always say the pandemic, but that excuse is now, uh, you know, it's it's three years in the making. I mean, you could only use that for so long. This is something that, that Xbox has been planning as far as the acquisitions of the studios and everything else there, as far as the games that they should have had lined up well beforehand. Sony yeah. and Nintendo have not had as much of a problem trying to release any type of content whereas xbox has been smaller releases and and what they're doing as far as on a large scale with redfall has fallen miserably their only hits have really come on a much smaller scale yeah yeah so i i look at it as like because i'm i'm a teacher so i'm going to put this into like teaching perspective like you have there's a difference between you know, teaching and managing one kid versus teaching and managing like 30. So I imagine that Xbox is a little bit over again, not making excuses because like putting out a game like Redfall seemed a little unacceptable, but they're it's they're probably having a hard time keeping track of like who is doing what and how like how, you know, looking forward, how are they going to manage? Like, how are they going to know, like, who's going to present them with a similar problem? You know, we have all these games slated to come out, but who knows how many of these games have been in production for how many years before the acquisition of these companies. So it's very likely that this could happen again two, you know, two or three times before something comes out that people are actually like, yes, this is amazing. And that's going to be a problem if Starfield, which is supposed to be your big release upon all big releases. I'm expecting a force to probably come out before the end of the year as well. But really, yeah. when it comes down to it, Starfield has much more pressure on it than it ever did before. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that this, sadly, Starfield could be what breaks Xbox. If it is not, doesn't deliver the experience that everybody hopes it's going to deliver, Starfield could very well, um, you know, like Spencer said, end up shifting that that console war, like, for good, maybe. You know, we don't, we don't know. You know, it's just, it's an unfortunate position that they find themselves in. And there's, you know, with the exception of Forza, and uh, there's not really anything else that they have announced coming out being uh, Xbox exclusive. Well, by the time you get back as the regular sit-in sit -in host of what we do here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, we will have uh, the June showcase and Starfield presentation, basically the Xbox showcase showcasing what's coming up for Xbox. And then, of course, after that, immediately will be the Starfield presentation in and of itself, which I think is actually good because it just shows how much confidence they have in it, which is exactly what they need right now because they're really in a, in a hurtful way right now. I think that uh, when it comes down to it, that's what I'm looking forward to. But before we really get into that, before we get, really get into what you would be looking for, what you would be doing to get Xbox uh, Xbox back on the right, on the right track, 
Let me hear your thoughts, though, on this, my friend. When it comes down to it, I asked TJ Johnson when we were talking about this at like, I don't know, I think about two o'clock in the morning, some one time a couple of weeks ago before we had our conversation, you know, when this all went down, or actually it was a week ago, whatnot. And we had, and one of the things I said was, was it about time for Phil Spencer to turn in his Xbox badge? Is it about, is it the time, you know, because he has been, in charge of Xbox now for closing on 10 years since the debacle of Don Matrick and his famous words that he said that got him in trouble and ultimately ousted. Xbox has not learned from history. History has repeated itself. We're now in a situation where mistakes and mistakes and mistakes and bad releases and delayed launches and then Xbox's Halo presentation has just not been what it needs to be. Halo is no longer that je ne sais quoi, that, that thing that, that holds the Xbox together as it once was. And then you have the words that were said by, by Phil Spencer. Is it time to make a change at the top of Xbox? You know, that's hard to say because Phil Spencer is, he genuinely cares about the Xbox community and the fans. And, and I agree with you on that, but that still shouldn't excuse it. No, it doesn't excuse it. It's hard to know because you know we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know like are were Spencer's hands tied in this because he was very open, you know, with his comments. He was very open and he seemed very disappointed and earnest. So like we don't know if his hands were tied due to uh, you know Microsoft's board or wh whatever is going on behind the curtains at Microsoft that we don't know about, and it's. It's uh, I like Spencer a lot. And yeah, maybe it's time for him to go. But like, I still think that he's meant or not meant, but like he still has the ability to do great things at Xbox. He just needs to, I guess, maybe have the freedom to do it. But then again, who would be restricting restricting him? Because Microsoft, I mean, when you're ready to spend 60 some odd billion dollars for Activision and you've made all the acquisitions that you can as far as buying studios on the behest and the request of Phil Spencer, what is being restricted? But so think about with all the money being spent on these things, and I'm playing I'm, devil's advocate. Just no, to no, I that. totally realize that. But with all the money being spent on these these acquisitions, who's to say that like Microsoft's not pressuring them to be like, Hey, we need to see some returns on these investments because you know, we have our quarterly earnings coming up or whatever, and you, you need to put something out. So it's, it's possible that he's got, again, not excusing him, not excusing them, but he's probably got a lot of pressure on his shoulders. So it, it's a job much like being the president of the United States. Like, I don't think anybody right now would want it and like do well at it, but Spencer, he's hung in there you know like he shows like i said before he like shows a genuine interest in the fans and the community i just it th that's a tough that's a really tough like question you know because like i don't know who else could get in there and do it better than him let's say let's use a sports analogy because i i do host a couple sports shows on the side and i wanted to ask you this you know if it was someone who's not producing for you after a an up and down road with Xbox. It's been an up and down road this past decade with him uh, in the in the helm. You know, I understand with the pandemic, but all three of these companies, Nintendo and Sony, have also had the same issues during the pandemic, and yet they have found opportunities to go ahead and eventually thrive, or I shouldn't say thrive, but at least do well enough to get by and obviously still sell millions of units of their consoles. In the case of uh, PlayStation, they came out last last year with God of War and, and then, of course, Horizon as well. And then you had with Nintendo, you had everybody still clamoring for Nintendo Switches to the point where they don't even have it on the radar for a new console till at least tw late 2024 at the earliest. You see Zelda at Tears of the Kingdom come out this past weekend and everybody's loving it. And it's already, you know, pretty much the de facto 2023 game of the year. So... The thing is, while they're building upon successes and overcoming the delays and the things that were caused by the pandemic, Xbox coming out of it seems to be very ill-equipped and poorly prepared. Yeah, well, I look at it like this. When you're, when you're managing less people, like you're able to put better things out. You know, like look at Sony and Nintendo, like they focus on you know one or two projects at a time whereas like microsoft i think microsoft kind of shot themselves in the foot by 
starting this like acquisition battle that they did because now they have they have so many fires burning all at once and they're not able to you know give those focused gaming experiences that nintendo and sony are able to give because they're having to manage so much all at once if you're in the las vegas and henderson areas and are looking to buy sell or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles there's no better place to go than retro city games from xbox to playstation nintendo to atari the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Once again, it is Josh Peterson, my good friend and longtime host of the Pop Culture Cosmos, right back here with me. He is still on hiatus, but he decided to step in because he had something to say about what's going on with the world of Xbox and all the trouble that they're in and seeing what they can do to help get themselves out of it. But my friend, one of the things I want to ask you, though, is going forward, you obviously have Starfield, which has so much pressure on it now, as I mentioned earlier you most likely have a Forza on the way, but what moves can they make to go ahead and be able to reacclaim, uh, you know, I guess, or reclaim faith with the Xbox faithful? I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately, and I honestly don't know. Uh, you know, I look at like Halo Infinite. The game was okay, but it just was not the Halo experience that... How long did it take before it became okay? Yeah, I mean, I, okay, out the gate, I, I enjoyed the game. But, yeah, I mean, with all the issues that it faced up, you know, that year up to its release date, yeah, that was tough. And then you're hearing about all, like, the creative team of Halo leaving the studio and then, um, you know, the the constant delays of these other games that they've been promising for, like, four or five years. I don't know, like, what path they should take to find success, but they need to do something you know and not not something hastily they need to like look back at what made them successful in the first place and and do something like that you know like i remember halo reach coming out like that was a fantastic game same thing with like gears of war like maybe you can still focus on these franchises but make like single experiences within these franchises to kind of rekindle interest and then you're looking at um you know fable is obviously gonna take a long time to come out like hellblade they've been talking about forever still no news on when that game's coming out there's just there's too much like they've become like what sony used to be hey we're working on this game and then you're 10 12 years later you finally get to see it and i think that that is that is definitely becoming an issue for them you know when the first <laughs> dead island too <laughs> yeah 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 exactly exactly so I don't know, man. That's that's a really that's that's a question that I can't answer. <laughs> you know, I wish I had a better better idea. You know, one thing they could do is if this Activision Blizzard deal goes through, like they're there, like there's some powerful franchises there. Put out a Warcraft game, put out a Guitar Hero game. Like Guitar Hero games don't take that long to develop. And I know they're doing something with like Chat GDP to try to get uh, you know another one of those games up and off the ground. So there are definitely smaller experiences that could find them success. They just, I don't know. They just need to do something like it's, it's like that meme where someone's like poking something with a stick going, come on, do something. You know, like I said, PlayStation's kind of been my go-to this, this past year. So until something comes out on the Xbox, that makes me, I, I I'm playing Jedi survivor on the Xbox. So I lied about that. Like I did choose to play that one, but that's just because, I didn't know what was going to carry over from my last game, which I played on the Xbox also. So I don't know, man. I don't know. It's a, it's yeah. Xbox is not, um, it's not doing what it needs to do. And I think that there it's become a machine instead of a focused studio, I guess you'd call them. These studios need to just like remain as their own thing. You know, like the system before wasn't broken. Like, there is a lot of great experiences. There's a lot of great games that were exclusive to certain cons consoles, and they came out, and they were quality titles. And now you're getting these games that are exclusive to, you know, to consoles, and they 
it's not it's not the guarantee that it was going to be good that it once was and with uh sony yeah there's a lot of quality control and writing and narrative processes that go into their games whereas like microsoft did this thing where like why buy studios that delivered okay experiences when you could just go to like another studio say hey i'll pay you this much and i want this game exclusive to my console you know it probably would cost them a lot less money and they would not be seeing the delays and issues that they're seeing now so you know i i hate to admit it i hate to admit it because i I, as much as i love xbox i'm looking at this in two or three years i feel like a lot of these studios that microsoft bought they're going to be selling them and that's going to make an even bigger like problem within the game industry and that would be a problem you're right if they did go ahead and sell that off if they decide that xbox is not going to be ending up to way it should be and that's that's a problem and i you know after investing so much time and money on microsoft's end and also investing so much time and money on our end if xbox does not continue as a viable option for gamers i really think that's a bad thing for the industry and that's especially a bad thing for the game well and this year is going to really kind of shed light on whether or not that's going to happen so you know like like we said before starfield has to be good and they have to put some other things out this year that are good because if they go all the way through you know starfield flops and they go all the way through 2023 without putting something out that people actually like like yeah it's it's i think it could very well wreck their reputation and i guess the for them the console race in general and that leads us uh, to some final thoughts on xbox uh, in this great episode where we're trying to focus in on what's going for the now and the future for Xbox. Uh, do appreciate again, Josh, you sitting down with me. I know your schedule is busy right now, and I know you're coming back to us here in, in next month. Looking forward to it. But before we head on out, my friend, I wanted again ask, you know, as an Xbox fan going forward, I mean, you know, you said you've been playing and focusing a lot more in recent months on your PlayStation. Do you see a point in time where Xbox becomes your mainstay once again? I hope so because I I do like the uh, I like the user the user experience with Xbox and I I love the Xbox is in our living room and the PlayStation's in the bedroom and I I like sitting down in a recliner and playing games but you know I, I just like like I've said before I don't have time or not time but I, I there's just hasn't been a reason for me to do that but yeah I, I definitely hope so I hope I get to a point where like oh yeah this game is coming out on xbox or playstation like i'm gonna pick up the xbox copy for sure like i would love to get back to that and i think a lot of like my my origins with xbox come from the multiplayer and i don't really have a lot of friends that play multiplayer games anymore so uh maybe that has something to do with it but yeah i definitely do hope that you know xbox puts some things out that makes me want to sit there and devote some time to it Looking forward to hearing a continued thoughts on this. I know, again, next month, Xbox will have its showcase because there's no E3. So next best thing is they're doing their Xbox showcase and then the Starfield showcase right after it. What are you expecting or what are you hoping from that press conference? I was just about to ask you what you were expecting. <sighs> I'm, ho- I'm hoping for Avowed. I'm hope- Avowed, I think, is the next... Uh, non-Gears, okay, if Gears 6 gets debuted for a 2024 release, that's obviously going to break the bank from everybody else out there, but if Avowed uh, continues to look good after its initial debut, like you said, so many years ago, the last Mm -hmm. time it was shown off, it's Obsidian. Obsidian so far has had a great track record in recent times with the Outer Limits and all the good stuff that they put out on a smaller and larger level. I'm looking forward to seeing what they could bring out. That could be the title that brings a lot of people into the Xbox if they have not already, if that actually does hold to fruition. Yes, absolutely agree with you there. I I you know it's funny, I'm not interested in Halo or Gears. Like I don't I don't really care any like I, I'll I'll play those games when they come out, but that's not like what I'm aching to hear from them what i would this like is them not to the do, josh of 2016 that's all i know no the josh from 2016 has become bummed and soul crushed by some of this stuff that's going on with xbox <laughs> um 
I would love to see them like diving into the Japanese market. Like there aren't like I I personally enjoy Japanese RPGs, you know, especially because that's like what I have time to play now. You know, like I don't have time for these massive experiences anymore. Like I can play something that's like forty hours long, and you know, I'm I'm happy with it. But they need to. They have that whole market, and I don't know why. Like Sony has a a lot of JRPGs, and they produce collectability. They create uh, there. There's a fandom for it, and that's something that Microsoft has never really gotten into. So I would love to see well, them. when they've tried to dip their toes in the water on it, like a Blue Dragon and whatnot, it's just not mm-hmm. worked out for them long term. Well, they need to make deals with existing franchises, you know, like the Atelier series, the E series. Like, there's a lot of stuff out there. Like, hey, let's put this stuff on Xbox and see see what happens, you know. And if people enjoy those experiences, I think they'd be more likely to jump onto uh, something new that was designed for the Xbox, like Blue Dragon or actually you know what would be good a lost odyssey 2 like i think i could sign on for that but um yeah i don't know like there's single player experiences that's what i want on the xbox and there have not been like a lot of great ones on there but i want something that like has substance to it that's why i was talking that's why i think the jrpgs would be a good route to go but you know at this point i really don't know i don't know i wish (laughs) i wish i did at this point, I'm going to be like the person that sees something drop on Games Pass one night while I'm surfing Netflix or whatever. I'm like, oh, all right, I'll download and check it out. And maybe it could sway my interest. But I'm not sitting here like thinking like, oh, man, I can't wait for this to come out. Before we go, you got to go ahead and do the hard pitch, my friend. You've been working hard behind the scenes, not only trying to take care of that growing family that you've been growing this year, and and congratulations to you on that. The thing is, though, you've expanded your business. The Happy Hoarder has really done a lot of good business for you. I see your social media out there really doing well. Tell us what's going on with the Happy Hoarder. So it is happyhoardercollectibles.com, and you can check it out. I just redid the entire website. We got Funko Pops and action figures, Pokemon cards, trading cards. Like, yeah, pretty much everything. There's there's something there for everybody. But, yeah, check it out. I, I just put up a pretty neat clearance section so you can order. Got some DC Multiverse stuff on there. Um, yeah, it's been a process growing it, putting it together. We've been popping up at shows out here. I'm hoping next year I'll be able to do some stuff out of state. And I know someone had mentioned uh, one of the people I did a Comic-Con for out here had mentioned Vegas coming up. So maybe we'll make an appearance out there at some point. But uh, yeah, it's been good. It's been growing. It's, uh, you know, stuff I, stuff I love. So yeah, check it out. Happyordercollectibles.com. You know, if there's something that you want that you can't find, I've actually had a couple instances where I've searched searched and scoured for things for people and have had some success finding them. There you go. Happyhoardercollectibles.com. Go ahead and check out all the great things that Josh has waiting for you at happyhoardercollectibles.com. Well, my friend, I missed you, man. I missed you. I know. It's been fun, man. It's been fun. I I have an idea. I'd like to like, I was thinking about this last night, looking at like the massive amount of movies I have in my collection. And I think that we need to each go through our movie collections Mm -hmm. and pick out our, the 10 worst movies that we own, but have an explanation for why we own them. Okay, fair enough. Although I still have a conversation that I expect from you on why there's so much clamoring over the past five years or so since the video game collecting boom really took off. Why are people interested in the GameCube? That I want to have a conversation on as well. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a great question. But yes, we shall explore that. Absolutely. I've been waiting to ask you that one now for hmm, almost five months now. So I'm looking forward to have that conversation with you next month because definitely looking forward to it. Plus, like you said, the 10 worst movies that we have in our collection and why. Definitely looking forward to hearing on that. Plus all the latest news and trends in pop culture. Obviously talking the future of Marvel too. Definitely should have a conversation on your thoughts on the MCU and where it stands now. That's another probably half hour conversation in hand. Yeah, yeah. Great to have you here, my friend. We'll have you back in the fold and in the saddle in June. Looking forward to it, but wishing you and the family the best and looking forward to many great things with you, my friend, right here in the pop culture cosmos.
You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.